Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon and welcome everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I am the President and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce and I am your host today. And I'm pleased to have with me Beth Murphy, and she is a science teacher at Valley Middle School. Good afternoon, Beth. Hi, thanks for having me today. Absolutely. And we're going to tell our audience right off the bat that you were our 2021 CBAD Teacher of the Year for Middle School. I think I got that all in correct. 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 For secondary education. That's right. Yeah. And congratulations for that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I was looking online, and it looks like you've been teaching in Carlsbad for 22-plus years. This is my 22nd year, yeah. So I always like to start with, um, what's the story? What got you into education? I come from a family of educators. My mom taught high school. Both of my sisters became teachers. My brother-in-law is a principal. And there's usually a some kind of story behind that. So what's your story? What got you into it? I actually didn't decide I wanted to be a teacher till I was kind of finishing college. Mm-hmm. I was a, um, well, I changed my major five different times, but <laughs> science was kind of what I ended up leaning towards. And, you know, I was a biology major and geology major and then a combination of the two. But then I I got married when I was on the younger end. I was 20 and sure. had three of my four kids while I was in college. Yeah. And it wasn't really until I had my own kids realizing, oh, okay, I think maybe I'd like to, I like working with kids. I love yeah. kids. And so yeah. my career kind of veered in that direction. And um, I started teaching in Carlsbad. I, my first job was kindergarten at Aviar Oaks Elementary School. Wow. And that was the year that my oldest started kindergarten at the same school. So you're kind of paralleling yep, your, your yes, kiddos. Exactly, and, and exactly. As yep. they evolved and developed, you ended up, how long did it take you before you got to middle school? I taught elementary school for 11 years, okay. kindergarten for the majority of that, and then sec- uh, first and second. And then I um, I actually did not choose to move to middle school. It was at a time when things were happening in, in the district, and they sure. needed more secondary teachers, and I was one of very few that had the that supplement on my credential to teach science. So I got moved, but it's the best thing that could have happened to me. I absolutely love it. That's awesome because not everybody would say teaching middle school is something that's awesome. I'm going to say it's a well-kept secret. Yeah? I really, really enjoy it. The kid, like, they still love their teachers for the most part, but they're, you know, they're still so excited to be learning and in school, but they're also like little mini adults too. Yeah. You can have some more complex conversations with yeah. them. So yeah, I really, you can connect with them on a different level than you can, you know, elementary school right. students. And that's sure. my big love of teaching is connecting with people. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow. From kindergarten up to middle school and kindergarten, I feel like is a little bit of herding cats at times, but... Middle school is that way sometimes. <laughs> at times it feels that way. But yes, no, the, I mean, kindergarten, you know, the, you always dreaded the first rainy day because, you know, nobody uh, knew how to zip up a jacket, let alone yeah. put on a jacket by themselves. And so, it, yeah, it's a lot of that, but yeah, middle school, not so much. Yeah. So where does... Why the passion for science? Why science? What's what's there? I just always loved science myself. Mm. My you know my strengths in school were science and math, mm-hmm. and so and then I um, got into taking 
bio classes when I was in college, and then I took a geology class as well, and I really liked it. And then I got offered a scholarship if I switched my major to geology. I'm like, okay, I really like that. Mm-hmm. And so now the seventh grade science content happens to be mostly geology and biology related. So it actually, it's like come full circle. It's worked out quite well. Yeah, science yeah. has just always been a passion of mine. Very nice, very nice. So, and you are active in a variety of clubs and things like that. I am. So I advise our GSA club. It's mm-hmm. the Gender Sexuality Alliance Club at our school. And I've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe six-ish years. Okay. Um, just promoting inclusion and acceptance and respect right. of all students on campus. So it's been really nice to see that club blossom to what it's become you know we started with a handful of students and um, now there's just such an awareness on campus Mm -hmm. that we have more students coming out at a younger age Mm because we've created this climate where they feel comfortable doing so so it's been amazing to see that and then you have there was another club i'm trying to remember it was on your um, it's what it's our web program so it's not it's not really a club okay Um, okay it's our a mentoring program that we have. So we have, I do that with another teacher, Ryan Bentley, who's amazing. So we have 41 eighth graders and they mentor all of the sixth graders for the entire school year as Mm. they're transitioning from, you know, elementary school to middle school. So they do an orientation with them the day before school starts and activities with them. They come to a training over the summer. Then we have advisory classes um, at our school Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so once a month, the eighth graders go into the sixth grade advisory classes and do team building activities with them, just bonding activities with them. That is tremendous. It's awesome. We had a huge... Eighth graders. Eighth graders are doing this. And they are amazing. Yeah. We had a huge, actually, leadership workshop at our school yesterday. This um, gentleman that my principals sent my way. He's from North Carolina. His name is Mike Iskander. Time Travel Journeys. He has Mm. this whole social-emotional learning program that he brought to our both our web students and ASB students. Um, So we had about 75 kids do this workshop yesterday and just connecting with their younger self and, Mm. you know, kind of losing the the fear Mm. and that, you know, lack of self-confidence that they tend to have as they get older and channeling that inner no fear, I can do anything, you know, persona, and then using that to connect to leadership and moving forward. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's really fun. Well, and that's interesting. I mean, you're obviously a parent of, I think you said four. I have four. Yeah. My kids are older. Yeah. I'm with you. Yes. I've got a handful myself. And besides just being a parent, uh, since you teach middle school, I find there's such a vast amount of development that goes from that incoming sixth grader Mm -hmm. to that outgoing eighth grader. It is, (laughs) it is insane how those kids change in those three years. Cause they kind of know this, like we just had an orientation for the current fifth graders, you know, each, each elementary school came and they, you know, they do a little tour and all that. And they just seem so little. And then eighth, these eighth graders are just so mature and, huge yeah. and i don't right. know it's, it's yeah. just like just even the difference in size y- yes it's like yes. oh my gosh how does that and, i don't know yeah they grow I mean, all lot. the all the changes they go through it's yes um, and it's there's yeah that's a, been a rough road for them to navigate the last yeah. i mean it's always is but the last couple of years especially has been uh difficult 
And we're going to pick up on that in just a second. Okay. We're going to take a quick pause. We've been talking with Beth Murphy. She is a middle school teacher at Valley Middle School. And we're going to come back and talk about the challenges that that everybody's experienced, but that the school's experienced over the last couple of years with COVID. Yeah, you were just teasing up a really great topic. These middle schoolers go through so much change and development uh, during these years, and then they had to go through it, you know, under just very unique, unprecedented circumstances. Um, very much so. Behind computer screens and behind masks and all these different yeah. things. So talk a little bit about what that was like and what you saw. It was really, um, really interesting, you know, teaching from home for, you know, we did that for what, mm -hmm. a year and a half or whatever. And so many of the kids, for various reasons, you know, they don't turn their camera on or their microphone mm. on. And, you know, and we don't, we couldn't make them do so because sure. some kids, I mean, they're literally attending class in their closet because that's the mm. quietest place they could yeah. find because they've yeah. got like six other siblings at home. And sure. and so uh, most of the day, I think a lot of teachers would agree we felt like we were talking to ourselves uh, all day, you know, and yeah. trying to... I don't know, but I mean, but then at the same time, they're, you know, they're a lot, the vast majority did their work. That's and great. they'd communicate through chat. Yeah. And, um, but then it, then when we came back to school, it was like they kind of forgotten how mm. to communicate with each other and mm. to get them to like get into small groups and have actual conversation. Yeah. Uh, was a challenge, but we've, we've worked through it and we're, we're getting back to some normal communication. So <laughs> had to kind of relearn that normal yeah. social interaction mm -hmm. in a dynamic of a classroom. Oh. I didn't even think of that. And there's, uh, I mean, it's really interesting. You know, we keep thinking like, okay, any day now we're going to be getting back to like normal, you know, pre COVID normal. Nah. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever get back there because yeah. they're just, I mean, they're just different yeah. human beings now and they're yeah. the way they interact with their education and it's just different. Yeah. It's, it's a new, a new normal. And it's not all bad. Right. You know, there's definitely well, some positives. A, and that's a great point. Cause right. there, there's some things that I think, um, evil, I know in our world in our business world, there's some technologies and some pieces that definitely came out of it that are going to be with us long term. Right. That we probably wouldn't have morphed to. Right. Definitely wouldn't have morphed as quickly, but def might not have ever morphed to. Share some things that you've seen that have come out of it that could be. The technology piece, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, we definitely integrated technology, but not to the level that we do now. Mm -hmm. And I, the kids seem to really, they like it because that's their world. I mean, they're yeah. on technology at all yeah. times. And, um, you know, we thought that they'd be tired of being on their Chromebook all the time. Mm. And I don't, and not, not so. It, <laughs> not it so helps much. them stay more organized. They're not yeah. losing assignments. And so that's definitely, um, definitely a positive. And yeah. they, yeah. So we're, as you and I sit here, I know by the time our listeners hear this, it might be a few weeks from now, but as you and I sit here, it's only been, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's only been about two weeks-ish since the mask mandate for schools mm -hmm. was kind of lifted. What was what was the experience in that you saw in your classrooms when that change happened? When the change happened, when the, masks, um, when the masks were allowed to come off, a lot of kids really excited. Yeah, you know, um, but then you know some also 
has, you know, nervous about yeah. that. Sure. And, you know, we still have some kids wearing masks. You know, there's sure. a handful yeah. in each class. Um, a lot of the teachers still wear masks, myself included. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to kind of like see how it plays out. Sure. And, you yeah. know, see how it goes. Um, but I would say that the students have been very respectful of each other's choices. Yeah. Good. Which has been nice. And we talked about that a lot prior to, you know, yeah. making sure that, you know, yes, you can take your mask off, you know, um, but if someone else chooses to keep it on, you know, that's their personal choice and we want to be respectful. So that's been, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised that there, I have not, at least anyway, noticed any um, issues with that. Yeah, that's that's good. Which yeah. goes back to what you were talking about earlier. I mean, respecting everybody yes. and you know, yes, um, that's and that's one of the things they've kind of had to relearn. Mm. You know, it's um, how to be respectful in a social space. You know, whether it's inside the classroom or outside the classroom, that's definitely something that there's still some work to be mm. to be done there. Sure, but you know, it's just the dynamic of the situation. It's yeah. it's not anyone's fault. It's not their fault. It's just you know they. We're in a very unconventional learning space for too long. An extended, yeah, yeah, too too long. Too long, Um, for sure. You know, and again, and that's not anyone's fault either. It just is what it is. But um, it's it's been a challenge for a lot of them to get back and feel comfortable in that social space and kind of know where they fit. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Every day is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that. Very interesting. My youngest daughter, in full disclosure, is in eighth grade right now. Okay. And uh, so she she was happy when the she didn't have to wear a mask at school anymore. But like you said, there's some you know, and she everybody gets it at her school. You know, there's some that are still wearing it, whether it's their own you know, a uh, concern or maybe their parents are just making sure right. that... Or they have family members at home yep, that are at high yep, risk. Exactly. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, reasons. Yeah, so. exactly. So I'm curious for you as a teacher, because I know for us as parents and, um, you know, with our kids in school, when the whole world was remote, you know, I was having to work remote and the kids are doing school remote, we tried to take a little bit of advantage of it because we're like, well, we could do remote from anywhere. And we, we took off and did a couple of trips. There just, were some definite silver linings. Yeah. Yes. No, I am guilty of that as well. I <laughs> nice. taught from Tennessee and nice. I taught from Oregon and taught from Arizona, taught from Hawaii. So why not? Uh, right. I mean, if you have to teach remotely. Yeah. That's so awesome. yeah, that definitely was um, a positive. Yeah, for sure, definitely a positive. But I am happy to be back in the classroom. Yes, That's, it's you know it's way better all around for yes. everyone um, to be back in the classroom. Just, I mean, we as teachers, I'm assuming I'm not just speaking for myself, but like we were craving that connection with sure. people, which yeah. I know the kids were. Yeah. And we see it still, the effects, the yeah. after effects of that, you know, the increased anxiety and depression and all that. And like, yeah. as you know, adults, you know, we, uh, you know, I know loads of people yes. who as adults were, you know, experiencing those things as well. So even though it was nice to be able to travel around and teach, um, I'm happy to be back in person, face to face. Yes. I mean, we are relational animals. Yes, and we are. Very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, I totally get that with the um, seeing those after effects, so to speak, that keep lingering. But hopefully, you know, uh, knock on wood, we don't see a massive resurgence here that requires anything. Yeah, like, I ho- yeah, no, I hope not. Like what we've been, what we went through, especially in twenty twenty. But um, 
So we're we're getting towards the tail end of this school year, mm-hmm. and you know what what's what's the most exciting thing coming up that you have on on the horizon? In, reg- um, in regards to work, and just anything kids. in general, a spring break is <laughs> really exciting that that's coming up. I'd love it. I think three weeks. <laughs> Counting you- the days, I have a, a trip planned to Scotland with my husband. Oh, so. fantastic. That is, you're really looking forward to way it. Way excited. Yes, yeah. way, way excited. Um, As the son of a of a high school teacher, I knew at a at a young age that the teachers anticipated the breaks way more than the students did. I and mean, of course, as kids, it's hard to, you know, cause you're like, oh, we're gonna be on summer break or whatever. And no idea what the perspective was from the flip side. Right, but, but right. being the kid of a teacher, I knew. <laughs> very excited, very, very excited. It's interesting though, you say though that, um, you know, the, and yes, I would say most kids are typically very excited for those sure. breaks, but we, some of them aren't, which we're mm. kind of discovering. Cause you know, at home isn't, necessarily super awesome so well and then coming off the isolation that they've had and now being around people i can see they're not ready for that yeah break in this in this kind of scenario well that's that's uh interesting very interesting Mm -hmm. with valley um i'm I'm trying to remember the name of the principal at valley nicole johnston that's right okay yes so phenomenal yeah i was gonna say she's unbelievable tell us a little bit about the the environment there She's, oh my gosh, so many things. Um, she is just, she and I have a very much a like mindset. And she is also all about connectedness mm-hmm. and building relationships and promoting this campus of inclusion and mm-hmm. acceptance. So it's been nice um, to have an administrator who is so important, you know, yeah. so supportive of that work. Because that's very much what I do, mm-hmm. you know, with the GSA and the web. Um, so that is unbelievable. We also, she, through her leadership, we just were identified as a school to watch, which mm. is a, we, like, just this last month, I think, we got that recognition. It's a, a national recognition. Wow. So a team of teachers just went to Monterey to get the state-level award, and then in June, a team of us are going to Washington, D.C. to attend a conference to get that. So oh, fantastic. Yeah, really, really great. She's done a lot of amazing things for our campus, and... Um, you know, we have an amazing assistant principal, Walter Canesco, as well. I mean, it's a group effort for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a group effort. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, I can see why they thought highly enough of you to nominate you for our awards. And thank you. Congratulations. I have my principal, Nicole, to thank for that. Yep. Yes, congratulations once again. Thank you for taking the time to come and just share with us. And I really enjoyed getting to know you better. Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.